This is CliffCentral.com. A very good afternoon and welcome to CliffCentral.com. This is Unreal, Uncensored, Unscripted Radio, Africa's largest podcast footprint. You're listening to In Conference with Michael Jackson. That's me. I'm a conference speaker that travels around the planet, talking so far at about 2,500 conferences worldwide. The people I meet on my journey, they're leaders, they're thought-provoking entrepreneurs, ultra-business people. They're all unique in their own way. And because I'm privileged to meet them on my travels, we figured it would be really superb for you to meet them here on Cliff Central as well. Our guest this afternoon is no exception whatsoever. He's actually a gold medal winner at the Paralympics. He's a Welshman. Don't hold that against him. His name is Mark Colborne. He's joining us on a mobile phone hotspot from some obscure village somewhere in Wales because his BT broadband's just crashed. But he's here to tell us about his life story and what it is that he's doing. I met him in conference, speaking on the same stage as him in Tehran, Iran, of all places. And I watched him speak, and he had the audience give him a standing ovation. 1,500 people rose as one and cheered the hell on for Mark Colborne, who's with us now. How are you, Mark? It's nice to hear you again, sir. How are you, Michael? Very well indeed. Thank you. Tell us your story very briefly, if you will, about how you ended up winning a gold medal at the Paralympics. Yes, very much so. Well, first of all, obviously, it's uh, it's a wonderful privilege for me to uh, you know to obviously speak with you again, and certainly uh, to speak to you know all of the uh, the listeners you know on this uh, podcast with Cliff Central. So it's a privilege. So so hi to everyone. My my journey started, I guess, uh, forty years ago, Michael, when I was a, a very great lover of sport, and as we all know, sport obviously gives us you know that great passion and drive to achieve amazing things in life and that dream of being one day maybe an olympic or even paralympic gold medalist stayed with me until the age of 40 and 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 unfortunately i mean this with the greatest respect unfortunately while i was uh, an extreme sportsman i loved you know rock climbing and triathlon because it gave me that you know endorphin rush that i've always always loved and unfortunately, Michael, while paragliding uh, one afternoon over the Gower Peninsula, which is a fantastic, stunning part of Wales, my canopy collapsed. And as you can imagine, 15 metres above the floor, two seconds later, the inevitable happened. Bam! I've hit the floor, snapped my back, and fortunately then got dragged almost 100 metres, fully conscious to be lying on the floor, staring up at the blue sky, thinking to myself, Wow, <laughs> that was really close. Until I tried to sit up. Until I tried to sit up to unclip my harness to then realize that I'd snapped my back and I was left with lower leg paralysis, which basically meant I had no feeling, no movement, nothing below the waist. It was so scary, Michael. I, I just can't start to tell you how scary it was. Now, they say life begins at 40, and it certainly did for me because... I spent 94 days in hospital on my back, completely paralyzed, having all of these thoughts and feelings you know, running through my mind. And the first thought, as you know yourself as a fantastic speaker on change, is, is the question in your mind, why me? You know, why me and why not someone else? Sure. But you have to deal with this as an individual. And that feeling, you know, thankfully dissipated. And then over maybe maybe three and a half, four months, I suddenly started to accept what had happened. And then coming out of that curve, you know, that change curve, I suddenly realized that, well, maybe I should be just grateful for being alive. 
And that was the moment that I suddenly realized I need to have a life. I need to live my life every single day as if it is my last. And that's what I've been doing, you know, every day since that 2nd of May 2009. Unfortunate, unforeseen accident actually happened. And one day when I, well, obviously when I left hospital after six months and I started, believe it or not, even though I couldn't walk um, without walking aids, I could actually cycle because my quads and my hip flexors weren't affected with all the damage in my spinal cord. How the hell do you so cycle, my disability, though, when, when you can't have any lower leg feeling whatsoever? What do you do with your feet on the pedals? I mean, I know that's a stupid bloody question, but what do you do? <laughs> no, well, the, the, the way it works, Michael, is with lower leg paralysis, I have probably 60% of the muscles in my, in my hamstrings, my bum muscles, my calves, and my feet. None of those actually fire. None of those muscles fire any longer which basically means all of my drive, all of my stability, you know, all of my balance comes from literally three groups of muscles, which is my quads, you know, which is the largest muscles in your legs, my hip flexors, and then my abductors and adductors, which are the muscles around your hip joints. So, so realizing that I could actually cycle, because I, I've, I've cycled since I was like maybe six years of age, Michael, you know, a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. That door that opened for me was a breath of fresh air. It was almost like another another form of medicine that got me, you know, into that position to realize that I could actually do something so I could focus on what I could do, which was cycling, rather than what I couldn't do, was walking, running, skipping, etc. And one day while I was actually um, partaking in a, a charity cycle ride, uh, a, a gentleman who I'd never met before said to me, you know, what's wrong with your legs? So I told him about my accident and what had happened 12 months previous. And these were his words to me, Michael. Are you training for the London Paralympic Games? I wow. said, no. Why, why, <laughs> why would you ask that? He said, I think you should. At the age of 40. At the age of 40, the light bulb moment went off. The hairs on my neck stood up. I had goosebumps all over my body, Michael. And I thought to myself, I've been waiting for this moment all my life to have an opportunity on a level playing field with other people, other human beings who, who were disabled, you know, who, who all had the, a similar type of disability to me. I've been waiting all my life for this one moment in time. And I said to this gentleman, Thank you. Thank you for putting that seed, planting that seed in my mind. And I said, do you mind if I ask who you are? <laughs> he said, my name is Dr. Ben Matthews. I'm a chiropractor from South Wales, and I understand what's going on in your body. I think you should go away and you should give this 100%. Because he saw my potential, Michael, you know. What on earth so do you have to do, though? School. I mean, you got the light bulb moments, I get that. But, I mean, we're talking around then, what was it, still 2009 or uh, early 2010? Uh, yeah, it was June, Michael, I'll never forget. It was June the 10th, 2010, and the light bulb moment went off, and I thought, I, I need to give this 100%. How do I do this? So I went home. First people I spoke to, my parents. I said to my dad, Dad, you're never going to believe what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start training for the London Paralympic Games. Wow. He turned to me, Michael, and he said, Mark, come here, please. I said, what's wrong, Dad? He said, Mark, please, your mother and I love you dearly, but please just forget this Olympic, Paralympic dream you have. Just go back to work. You know, you've had a terrible near fatal accident. Just go back to work. I said, Dad, I'm going to do this. With or without you, I'm going to do this. 
this. And he turned to my mother, Margaret, and he said, Margaret, have a word with your son. I think he's lost it. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> so immediately I thought, I've got to do this. So then I met an amazing uh, cycling coach in South Wales with a disability um, academy, a disabled academy. And he gave me that plan, Michael, that two-year plan to you know to get into British cycling, to become a world champion, then to focus 100% on the biggest sporting event on the planet, which was going to be my backyard. Unbelievable. I mean, the journey for that alone, time is going to stop us from telling that whole story. But fast forward me, if you will, to actually getting on the track, because you won the gold medal in the C1 three-kilometer individual pursuit. I mean, I've seen the video of you riding, and it is hair stands up on my neck, let alone the hair that stood up on the back of your neck. I mean, you're pushing stuff here that able-bodied cyclists will be looking at going, my goodness, Mark Colburn, how on earth did you do that? Just take us through that moment when you got up up, out onto the track after that incredible two-year journey where you qualified, you got through, and here you are now ready to race that gold well, first of all, if, if, if you rewind four hours before the final, I had to break the world record in qualification just to make it into, you know, final. And that morning, Michael, I'll never forget, it was the 31st of August, 2012, 11.15 a.m., I stepped onto the track and my coach said, Mark, just give it 100%. And I, I stepped off the track four minutes later with a new world record in my hand, Michael, and I thought, wow, I'm actually into the final. And I remember stepping onto the track for, you know, just about four hours later with the whole world watching, Michael. So when you talk about pressure, when you have six and a half thousand people in the Olympic velodrome staring at you, expecting you to deliver, and then knowing in the back of my mind that 1.2 million people on Channel 4 were watching my race, then, and only then, did I realize my expectations and the pressure that I was under, just about to undertake. And I remember, you know, being positioned on the bike, clipping in, in my cycling shoes, you know, my coach, you know, quite, you know, quite privately coming up mm. to me and saying to me, do this for your dad, you know. And then before I knew it, Michael, I was focusing on my breathing, you know, taking in all the atmosphere. And then before I knew it, beep, 12 seconds to go. No turning back now, Michael. Now, now, and only now, it's time to put everything else to one side, all the emotions, all the joy, all the excitement to now deliver and win that gold medal. And I remember the last couple of beeps going off, Michael, you know, down to one and then <laughs> the gun going off and the roar, Michael, just the roar in the stadium, you know, and, and you could feel the helmet vibrating, you know, on my head. So I get the bike up to speed, Michael. I'm on lap three. I'm comfortable. My heart rate's around 202 beats per minute. And I'm pushing, and I'm pushing. And halfway through, we're on lap six, Michael, and I'm focusing on the black line, and I'm thinking, come on, come on. And then it starts to hurt, Michael. It starts to hurt so much. Your brain says, just slow down, slow down. It's hurting too much. But your heart, Michael, says, keep going, keep pushing. Two more minutes to go, keep pushing, make it hurt, make it hurt. And I remember coming around the corner on lap 10, Michael, and looking up the track. And I couldn't believe what I saw in front of me. The gentleman that I was racing against from China was literally 60 meters in front of me. So as an athlete, the first thought in my mind was, go and catch him. Go and catch him. 
It's over. You've won, but go and catch him. And then, two laps later, Michael, across the line, didn't manage to catch him, unfortunately. But crossing that line, looking up at the scoreboard to see my time, because I knew I'd won, and there was no time, Michael. It just said two letters, WR, world record. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've only gone and broken the world record again, you know, twice in one day, which the journey, two and a half years of blood, sweat, and lots of tears, Michael, at that moment in time was all worth it, as you can imagine. And then within that hour, coming off the track, you know, high-fiving the coaches and the mechanics, and you can imagine the world press, you know, pushing their, pushing their cameras in your face, you know, which was a, a great moment. Yeah. And then to have that national anthem, you know, played, you know, and to stand on that podium, to have then, you know, that, uh, that gold medal, you know, from the Olympiad, you know, hung around my neck was just a childhood dream, you know, that came, uh, that came true. You know, that afternoon. Oh, remarkable, Mark. I've got hair on the back of my neck standing up in the studios listening to you here. Now, I mean, I know that you talk about this around the world. We've shared a stage around the world. We're going to do so again. There's a hint that you might be in South Africa at the end of August, a major telecoms company looking at you for a conference at the moment. But you're also, you've got another South African connection. You're um, a vitality, a reward health vitality ambassador. And I know that's to do with a bit of discovery and the whole thing with the South African footprint. But you travel around the world as an ambassador yet more importantly you're running global cycling camps we've got a couple of minutes left mark time is always against us here on a 15 minute interview but you know the global cycling camps that you're running at the moment there are so many cyclists who are going to be listening to this going i just i can't believe i've heard mark colburn paralympic champion international speaker talking like this but you lead cycling camps now in some of the best destinations around the world how do people find out about that stuff how do they get closer to the Mark Colburn who's just given that incredible insight to what it is that you've achieved? Well, if they visit uh, www.globalcyclingcamps.com, they'll be able to see our our very special and very exclusive promotional video, which has now just been launched, Michael. And uh, and people can, you know, obviously come along on the camp. It's a seven-day camp. Um, It's a structured camp, so people are going to work hard, Michael, but they're going to learn all of the marginal gains, all of the small differences that make all the difference. What I learned at that world-class you know, facility based in Manchester under the umbrella of British cycling and, and get an insight to the man behind the medal. You know, it remains for me, sir, to say thank you once again. You've inspired me once again. You've inspired everyone who's going to be listening to this podcast as well. It's a real joy and a real privilege having you as a friend and a colleague. I look forward to being on stage with you either in South Africa or somewhere around the world soon. But ladies and gentlemen, go and look up Mark Colborn, Paralympic champion. This man is an absolute legend. It's been a pleasure having you, sir. Thank you very much, Michael, and good luck to everybody, and hopefully see you all very soon. Take care, my friend. Take care. You've been listening to cliffcentral.com. This is In Conference with Michael Jackson, broadcast out every Tuesday at 14.45 and available by podcast all over the world. From me, Michael Jackson, thanks, and back to the main studio. Cliffcentral.com.